If you have your Bibles, or if you'd like to look in your order of worship, um, we're going to look at the book of 1 Timothy, uh, chapter 2. Um, as you all are turning there, uh, next week I will not be here. I have a retreat to perform uh, at the Air Force Base. It's called Operation Cope. It's where we help military families uh, adjust to either their loved one going off to war or returning back. And we do it out at Tanka Verde Ranch. I'll be doing the Protestant worship service there and also the MC for the event, so I'd appreciate your prayers. Uh, during that time, it's a great opportunity to proclaim the gospel. Uh, we definitely have a number of families who uh, aren't involved in church because uh, it's all helping agencies with the base. The chapel just sort of leads it and directs it. So appreciate your prayers in that. Uh, with me not being here, uh, you all get the privilege to hear uh, from Reverend Luke Evans. And uh, I know some of you all have heard him preach before. If you haven't, uh, I would highly encourage you to come back and hear uh, Luke. Uh, Luke is one of the finest young pastors I've had the privilege to know. Uh, he is an outstanding preacher. And uh, uh, Amber and I look forward uh, to the years to come to see how God will use Luke and Marianne Evans uh, for God's ministry. Uh, it will not be long that he will eventually be pastoring a church. Uh, he is just a great man of God. And uh, it's been a real privilege for Amber and I to call him uh, our friends. So uh, please, uh, if you're just visiting, please come back and hear uh, Luke. Uh, he will do an outstanding job after that. Uh, the following Sunday, uh, our pastoral candidate, uh, I forgot his last name, Carrillo. Did I say that right? Cavallero. Sorry. Uh, Reverend Cavallero. <laughs> Steve, thank you. Steve, y'all are kind. Uh, Reverend Steve will be here to uh, lead us in worship as well, and so that will be a great opportunity for you to hear him directly yourself. I know the pulpit committee has heard him preach a number of times uh, as they have uh, searched for a future pastor of this church, and that would be a great time to hear him uh, uh, exegete, preach from the Word of God. So uh, please be in prayer for those next couple Sundays. Well, let us read uh, this scripture, let us pray, and then uh, let us get on with preaching of God's Word. From the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2, we read, Paul say to Timothy, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good. And it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire then that every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Let's pray. God, we do thank you for this timeless text, which has been used over the centuries to call the people of God to prayer, thanksgiving, confession, and intercession. I would ask, Lord, as we look into prayer this morning, that you would spur our hearts, that you would enlighten our minds, that you would correct our ways, and, Lord, that you would create a heart attitude within each of us this new year. 
to pray to our great God and King. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is indeed a happy new year. This is always a great time in life. We sort of look expectantly upon what will 2010 bring us. But the question I want to ask each and every one of you has, has there been in your life, through the years God has given you, has there been something that has happened at the close of one year that has affected you in the beginning of a new year? Now, I'm sure many of you all might be thinking, well, every year, Doug, I make New Year's resolutions. I plot out my top ten and I will write them down and, Lord willing... I will fulfill them. And Lord willing, I hope you're better than me because usually I get about two-thirds, if I'm good, uh, along down the route of losing that 10 to 15 pounds or reading X amount of books or doing something, whatever it might be. But I would like to say to you that there was one New Year's Eve uh, in my life that has changed me, changed Amber and I, uh, for God's good. Um, In 1991, I had the privilege to go to a Christmas conference done by Campus Crusade for Christ. I was at or going to school at Western Kentucky University, home of the Hilltoppers. And uh, that uh, winter, uh, I had just started growing in my walk with God. And uh, they asked me to go to a Christmas conference. It was in Atlanta, Georgia. And at the Christmas conference, we had students from all across the southeast there. And it was a fantastic time. I grew more in my walk with God there. I mean, it was exponential growth. We had a great speaker speaking to us. The music was wonderful. We did a a ministry out to the poor in, in Atlanta. We had sharing time of what God was doing in many people's lives. And just it was just a wonderful time. But every year they did something at the close of the year. And that was this. They would have a big worship event. They would have a a final speaker come speak to us, expound God's word. We would be singing God's songs. Still people would be coming up, telling about how they were able to share the gospel this week with some people and someone came to Christ. It was just exciting. But at the close of that time, the last hour of 2000, or whatever year it was, in that case 1991, the 1,000 to 1,500 college students would get together in small groups or individually or corporately and they would pray in the new year. We would pray in the new year. And, and you might ask, well, what did we pray about? Well, we would pray about our campus and we would pray about our leaders. We would pray about each of our personal walks with God. We would thank God for the past year and the things that we had experienced. We would pray that we would grow in godliness. We would pray that God's will would be done in our lives and that we would be obedient to His Spirit's leading. We would pray for individuals, our churches, corporately, our our government and our nation. And this would happen every New Year's Eve at these conferences. And it was one of those things, we didn't plan on it, Mark, in our life, but for Amber and I, ever since she went to Christmas conference and ever since I went to Christmas conference, every New Year's Eve, it has just made a mark on us, how can we not pray for this upcoming year? How can we not not seek God's blessing for the year to come? And so in our... Eight years of marriage, I think I got that right, sweetheart. Eight years of marriage. Uh, every New Year's Eve, long since we've left Campus Crusade, long since we've left Christmas Eve, we just don't feel right 
if we don't get together on our knees and say, God, thank you for this past year. Lord, please help us in the year to come. And that has always been a sweet time uh, for Amber and I. And so with that being said, I realize it's January 3rd. It's not December 31st. Uh, but I talked to uh, Dick and Marty about this uh, uh, last Sunday, and I s- suggested that we as a congregation spend some time looking at what prayer is about, and we're going to look at the teachings of the larger catechism, which summarize uh, what Scripture teaches to us about prayer. And then we as a congregation are going to pray. As you know, we're on the verge of a new year, but we're also on the verge of a great transition for this congregation. You all are calling a new pastor. And I, I can tell you, I don't think there could be any greater encouragement, any greater comfort uh, that a pastor in a new congregation could have than starting off that whole process unified together in prayer. Because in doing that, that develops unity. And it seeks protection over God's flock. And so that's what we're going to do today. Now please notice in our text, Paul tells Timothy this pastor of the church in Ephesus. Notice what he says. He's he's telling Timothy about what church life should consist of. And he makes a point to Timothy, who has been leading this church, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Paul says, Timothy, this is an utmost priority. And you know what? It's an utmost priority in our worship service. Do you notice that every Sunday... Uh, prayer is a vital part of our worship service. I mean, we pray at the beginning of our worship service. We pray after the confession of sins. We pray before and after the sermon. We pray before and after the Lord's Supper. And then we close in a benediction. An asking of God's blessing upon the people of God. It, it, sometimes prayer becomes such a commonplace, we almost take it for granted. But it is such an integral part of our relationship with God. So it may help us then to ask the simple question, well, what is prayer and what does God expect when we uh, pray? Well, as you know, uh, Desert Springs is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. It's a denomination, a group of churches that hold to a a, a certain constitution. And that constitution, there are four uh, parts of our constitution that we hold Together, And that is the Westminster Confession of Faith, the Westminster Larger and Shorter Catechism, and the Book of Church Order. Those sort of govern how we do church in the Presbyterian Church of America. But all of them, please hear me this, all of them are subservient to the Bible. The Bible is our only rule for faith and practice. And those other four works that come out of that, out of godly men searching the Scriptures... Uh, are not the same as the Bible. The Bible is the only thing that is God-breathed and useful for teaching, correcting, and training, and rebuking in righteousness so that the man or woman of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Those are all subservient to it, but they're also very helpful. And the one I'd like us to look at today, and you have them there in your bulletin, is from the larger catechism. You may ask the question, what's the difference between the larger and the shorter catechism? Well, uh, simply, it's the thoroughness of the answer. The shorter catechism was designed, honestly, for children, believe it or not. And sometimes we read the answers in there and we're like, holy cow, that's meant for kids? (laughs) Yeah, it was. 
And kids know them back in those days. And it's a good reminder to us of what our kids are capable of knowing these days. On the flip side of that is the larger catechism. And that was for pastors and for adults to have a fullness of what God's Word taught. And so we're going to go through a couple questions here just to remind us, just briefly, what does prayer mean? And then after that, uh, myself, Marty, and Dick are going to lead us in times of prayer. Um, And I'll explain that a little bit more thoroughly here in a minute. Our first question, what is prayer? Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Christ by the help of His Spirit with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. Right there, in one sentence, you have a very simple but complete definition of what prayer is. It includes four things. An offering up of our desires. It's done with the help of Christ and the help of the Spirit. We come through Jesus and by the power of the Spirit. And it also is accompanied by our personal confession of sins and thankful acknowledgement of God's mercies. Questions 179 and 180, or I'm sorry, 179 answer the question, who are we to pray to? You may ask, why is that in there? Well, at the time this confession was written, many people were not praying to God. Even in our day and age, many people do not pray to God. They pray to other gods or other people. The answer here is that we are to pray to God only. God only being able to search the hearts, hear the requests, pardon the sins, and fulfill the desires of all, and only to be believed in and worship with religious worship. Prayer, which is a special part thereof, is to be made by, by all to Him alone and none other. Our prayer only goes to God, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Questions 180 and 181 deal with this whole issue of what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? We often hear that said and we often hear big fights saying, why can't people pray in Jesus' name? Well, here's why and here's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. Answer 180, what is it to pray in the name of Christ? To pray in the name of Christ is in obedience to His command and in confidence on His promises. To ask mercy for His sake, not by bare mentioning of His name, but by drawing our encouragement to pray in our boldness, strength, and hope of acceptance in prayer from Christ and His mediation. Why are we to pray in the name of Christ? The sinfulness of man and the distance from God by reason thereof being so great as that we can have no access into His presence without a mediator and there being none in heaven on earth appointed to or fit for that glorious work but Jesus Christ alone. We pray in no other name but His only. You can see the depth of these answers. And it's good for us to look at them. Question 182 asks, How does the Spirit help us to pray? It says this, We do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit helps in our infirmities by enabling us to understand both for whom and what and how prayer is to be made. And by working and quickening in our hearts, although not in all persons, nor at all times in the same measure, those apprehensions, affections, and graces, which are a requisite for the right performance of the duty. In other words, what they're saying is the Spirit helps us, but we're not all at the same level. Some of us are more mature in prayer while others are less. We're all growing as we're Christians, and the Spirit helps us in these areas. For whom are we to pray for? Notice what 183 tells us. We are to pray for the whole church upon earth, for magistrates, that's a 
fancy word for rulers, presidents, or kings, for ministers, for ourselves, our brethren, and even, notice this church, our enemies, and for all sorts of men living, or thou shalt live hereafter, but not for the dead, nor for those who are known to have sinned the sin unto death. What that's speaking of is the heretical teaching that we can pray people out of purgatory. Catechism teaches us, no, once is appointed man wants to die, and after that comes judgment. There is no inter uh, uh, between time of purgatory. We are to pray for men now and even pray for our enemies. That is the church's job. Questions 184 and 185, what are the things we are to pray for? Well, ultimately we're to pray for God's glory and His church and the other's good, but not anything that's unlawful. And how are we to pray? Notice this. It's just important about, just as important as who we pray to. We are to pray with an awful apprehension of the majesty of God and a deep sense of our own unworthiness, necessities, and sins with penitent, thankful, and enlarged hearts, with understanding, faith, sincerity, fervency, love, and perseverance, waiting upon Him with humble submission to His will. God wants us to come to us in a spirit of brokenness, a spirit of realizing that this is the holy God. We are sinful and that we need Christ to cover for us. And we come with a broken, humble spirit. And then lastly, in question 186, what rule has God given us for our dedication? And direction in the duty of prayer? Well, He's given us all of God's Word. And just recently I was uh, looking on the internet. Almost every book of the Bible has prayer and intercession in it. That's a great comfort. How much God teaches to us. And the greatest direction we have is that of the Lord's Prayer. Well, also in your order of worship today, we have a sheet that I'd like each of you to keep that you would put it in your folders if you didn't get a copy. Uh, There's a blue copy on the back table back there. And I would like to challenge you to commit to praying through this sheet. That you would stick it in your Bible or put it by your nightstand or something like that. And what we are going to do today is uh, myself, Marty, and Dick, Uh, are going to lead these four sections of prayer. We're going to read each section, then we're going to open it up to congregational prayer. And and if you're in the quiet of your heart, I would encourage you to pray with the person who's praying, and then each one of us will close out those sections and then move on to the next. Now, obviously, we're not going to cover all of this, but I want you, and it's our desire as elders, that we would bathe this church in prayer that we would seek God's blessing on 2010. I mean, you think about all... I mean, if I was the enemy, I can already think of a number of ways I would attack this church with a new pastor coming in. And you can be sure that the evil one would want that to fall. Any church where God's Word is preached, you can bet it's a high target on His radar. But when we come before our great God and King and we ask His blessing upon us, We are asking the Spirit to move within each and every one of us and cause greater growth than what has happened before. And that is why we are spending time in prayer today as a congregation. Because doing that helps to uh, sanctify our hearts and to help us to grow in holiness. So I'd like you to first look with me on church ministry. As you can see, there's three primary areas I pointed out, and there's Scripture there that teaches us how to pray in these areas. So what we're going to do is I'm going to say, let's pray. 
As you feel led, please pray in one of those areas out loud. And whoever's speaking out, praying out loud, the rest of us pray quietly. And in a couple minutes, I will close us in prayer. And then Marty will come up and, and speak to us on outreach. Does that make sense? Okay. Let us pray. Lord, we do thank you for the men and the women and the children's ministry here at Desert Springs. Lord, uh, help us to be quick to confess our sins of where we might lust or gossip or slander or grow in pride or struggle with gluttony or laziness or bitterness or manipulation or complaining or arguing. Lord, help us to be of one accord. And Lord, I pray that you would raise up uh, uh, leaders in this, these different areas of ministry that would call people uh, to accountability, to holiness, and to love. And Lord, that uh, the deepest relationships that we would have in our lives would come in and through the church. Lord, that you would raise up a sweetness amongst the families here at Desert Springs. That you would protect individuals and families from any hurtful words, from any slander or harshness. And Lord, that you would help us all to grow in grace, deeply loving our neighbor from our heart. Lord, we look forward to how you are going to do that. And we commit this section of the church to your glory. In Christ's name, amen. The next area we want to be praying for this morning is outreach. Um, as you know, we've talked a lot over the last few years about being a church that, that really is more outward-faced, that's um, really caring for our community, that we really want to um, not only reach out to Tucson and the community we live in, um, but also that we, uh, you know, we support missionaries and we're concerned about you know, people in, in other areas. Um, we've been part of sending out the Henrys to New Jersey to plant a church out there. And over the years, we've supported the, the missionaries from Wycliffe who are uh, ministering down in Mexico. So we want to continue to be a church that uh, prays for that um, and supports those people and just pray that God would uh, continue to use us in many ways to not only support those people but give us opportunities to, to reach out also as a congregation. So let's go to prayer for these items. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the, the many opportunities you've given this congregation over the years, opportunities to travel to Mississippi to support those after the Hurricane Katrina, as well as to be able to faithfully support many missionaries in many different parts of the world. And we, we know that you are reaching out through these people and through us to reach those communities and also to reach our city of Tucson. There are many people whose lives we come in contact with on a daily basis through work, through our neighbors, through going to the grocery store or going out to eat. And we just pray that you will continue to use us as a light that we will be a people who have a love and desire to reach out to this city as well as to continue to support your work um, both here and in other countries. 
And we ask that you would uh, protect, protect us and protect those missionaries from harm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next section, as you can tell, uh, is leadership. Uh, just to remind you that uh, the PCA leadership is a representative form of government. The pastors are called by the congregation. The elders are nominated, elected, and installed by the congregation. And they, in turn, represent the congregation and their offices in government. Deacons are also a representative of the congregation, which is also nominated, elected, and installed for their uh, duties. And there's one that sort of gets left out a lot, and that's parishioners. Another word for parishioners is congregation. That's you all. And a lot of times uh, that is overlooked when it comes to leadership. The congregation is a form of leadership. So let's now take this opportunity to pray for leadership. Steve, would uh, I be so bold to ask you to, to start, and then I'll close in a little bit. Heavenly Father, I take this time to thank you for the past <coughs> year that we've had for the leadership that we've had on a weekly basis uh, from those within our denomination who's come and filled our pulpit. Basically thankful for Chaplain Hess as his <clears throat> taking time out from his duties on base to, to bring your word to us each Sunday. For others that have, have come, and Lord, I look forward to <clears throat> seeing Steve Cavallero as he comes here in two weeks to bring your word to us. And I pray, Lord, that the congregation would be uh, encouraged to mark their calendar to be here for this special occasion, to hear him, to meet his family, and to get to know him and to prepare ourselves so that we may be better informed how to cast our ballot when the time comes to vote, to accept him or to reject him as our pastor. I thank you, Father, for your son Jesus, who was our great shepherd, who set our example for us to follow. And as an elder of this church, Father, I ask for forgiveness for my shortcomings, that I have failed in the things that I had should do, uh, knowing that I should do things that I don't do and do things that I shouldn't do. And I ask for forgiveness for you, Father, for that. So hear our prayers, Lord, and grant us your, your uh, oversight, and thank you for your mercy. I have one last section that we're going to turn to, and that's body life. Um, a couple of things that I just wrote down. Of course, this is an exhaustive list. There's sure many more things we could write down here, but just a couple uh, that our body would be first and foremost God-honoring. Whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do it all for God's glory, that there would be unity 
that we preserve the unity of spirit and the bond of peace, that there be peace within our church, um, no grumbling or complaining, that we would be full of love. The greatest of these is love, the Bible tells us, that we would be rich in giving, that God loves a cheerful giver, that we would be growing in sanctification, that we would be holy as God is holy, that we would grow in growth. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. And then lastly, that we would walk by the power of the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. Uh, of course, there's many other things we could add to that. But um, let us take this time briefly to pray for that, and then we will move on to the Lord's uh, Supper. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you call us in so many areas of growth. And uh, Lord, I thank you at each new year that we can look forward to how you have plans for us. And Lord, all those plans include growth in these areas. Uh, Father, I would pray that you would put on each of our hearts how we can uh, uh, specifically and plan progressively how to grow in these areas. For some of us, you may call on us to trust you to read our Bible throughout this whole year. For others, you might be calling us to love that coworker that can be a very obnoxious or very challenging to be with. Perhaps it might be a new area of faith, or you might be calling us to spend some time fasting, uh, to go without food and spend time in prayer. Whatever it might be, Lord, I pray you would make your call clear and abundant and that we as your children would follow through. Father, I thank you so much for this time of prayer. And it has been sweet to hear the prayers of my brothers and sisters offered to you. And Lord, as we often hear those prayers and even the confession of sin, uh, Lord, we ask that you would convict our hearts and help us to grow in holiness, love, and joy. Lord, for it is good for your children to pray together. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it has been good, congregation. I know prayer is hard work. It's not easy, is it? It's sweat to sort of stay focused and to do those things. And children, for those of you who are young of age, I want to thank you for praying with your parents and with these other adults. It's not easy, uh, but it's good. Because having that lifestyle of prayer is one we hope that would be marked in your life throughout all the years to come, that you uh, would be people of prayer, uh, like Elijah. Uh, who was a man of prayer, and God blessed him. All right, let us uh, sing.